Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. We got a great, and I mean great, show for you today, predicated by this man, Dame Lillard, trying to figure out where he is going to go, and more importantly, when is he going to get there? Well, I got to get to the desk, because we got a brilliant panel to talk about a bunch of brilliant things on the far end. Slick, Rick Dubuque, how we feeling, my friend? Good. Happy 4th. Happy 4th. If I'm going to spend it with anybody, it's with you three. Uh, Love that. You get paid handsomely to say that. I appreciate yeah. you. George Taylor, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Not much. Looks like Miami is going to get uh, significantly more talented very soon. No doubt about Not it. Not yet. Not yet. For sure. Not yet. He might be coming to Philly. Jay McCoy, who is on the grill later today, sir? You grilling? What you doing? You throwing I down? Won't be grilling, what's the word? I won't be cooking. You know what I mean? I got some I cooking for us. I don't. Ah, bet. Eagles all-time rushing leader, LaShawn, Shady, McCoy. Well, let's get to the most intriguing topic that you will hear today. We promise you a phenomenal show. Dame Lillard, we know that he is requested to go to one place, and really one place only. That is the Miami Heat. Now, remember, he spent 11 seasons in Portland. He has been a perennial all-star, one of the greatest players a game of basketball has ever seen. But his time in Portland has come to an end. Now, Dame's Preference is to play in Miami, but bring us on camera because this is the enlightening conversation that I am so eager to have. Mm. Before every show, we sit in kind of our locker room, so to speak, figuratively speaking, and we try to come up with the best topic to serve you, the viewer. In that discussion, we realized while Dame wants to go, to Miami. He's quite literally said that is the one primary destination he wants to go. That might not necessarily be the best fit. Right. Everybody in their mama is talking to you about, well, Dame's going to get to Miami one way or another. But more importantly, Rick Buecher, you are the NBA insider who knows so much about this situation. Is Miami actually the best place for Dame Lillard? Not if he wants to win a championship. If he's moving because he wants to add that ring to his resume, then it has to be a place that can match up and beat the Denver Nuggets. And do the Miami Heat have the size? Or do they have that piece that is going to make life difficult for Nikola Jokic? I don't see it. So on the other hand, if I look at the Milwaukee Bucks having re-signed Brooke Lopez, and I look at the Philadelphia 76ers having Joel Embiid, mm. and I mm. see some of the other pieces there, then I can make a case that there are better places for him to go if he wants to win a ring. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks have the culture. They have the proven ability to win a championship. And they have the size. With the Philadelphia 76ers, they have the size and they have a, champ, a coach who's won a championship. I'm not disparaging the Miami Heat by any, by any stretch. But if I look at it's winning a ring that is the number one uh, motivation then I think there are other places that could be better. So then he should only go to a place that has won a ring recently. Or has a coach that knows how to win a ring. Because that's like for Spolstra? Philadelphia. But look, Spolstra has all she of has that. He has more than one. 
and just coached in the finals. Nurse got one. I knew this nurse was coming, by one. the way. I, I knew this was coming. Nurse has one. I tried to. Two is more than one, but nurse has, nurse has one. Has, yes. nurse has yeah. one. Yeah. I like yes. nurse a lot. Uh-huh. Yeah. They haven't been past the second round of the playoffs with Embiid ever. You're correct. Right. Milwaukee had culture, but they have a new coach now. So yeah. we don't know if they have culture because they fired the, their coach, and I that would imply that the culture... culture but- I agree. I'm just sitting this one out, Slick. I mean, you're fighting your own battle. Fact, oh, thank you. Fact, your thank own you. Facts don't care about the emotions of this conversation, and the fact is that they just fired their coach, which generally in, indicates that there are some cultural issues or at least a disagreement on that, and we don't know if this new coach is capable of winning a championship, correct? I'm not going to go so far as to say that's Has why. Has he won a championship? Who? This new coach. No. Adrian Griffin? No. You, are, you lined up the reasons why there would be other better places. I'm just trying to figure out what those other places have that Miami doesn't. As far as stopping Jokic, who, by the way, is on the Western Conference yes. side of mm-hmm. things, yes. I'm still trying to figure out what team has the Jokic stopper. Where's the Jokic stopper? I don't know that it's a Jokic stopper as much as a Jokic Make life a little more difficult. Embiid? Embiid's got to get to the Eastern Conference Finals before he can worry about Jokic. When we get, that's when we get Dane. Oh, okay. <laughs> we get Dane and we ship Jokic. He, he, he didn't be need, he didn't need Embiid. He didn't need a Jokic stopper in order to get to the finals. Okay. All, all, these, like, all these teams, they have really great things going on. They all have question marks. Yeah. The only team that doesn't have a question mark as of right now is the Miami Heat because they what? Won the Eastern Conference and went to the finals. Mm-hmm. Okay. With I'm just saying all I'm saying is factual team. things. All I'm saying is factual things. Now there are some positions that have been, they've moved off of, some yes. players they've moved off of, mm-hmm. and the purpose of that was to bring in a more talented player, which all I could hear from the start of the playoffs all the way through the last game of the finals is that the Heat didn't have enough talent, that they needed a more talented second player, yeah. which is what Damian would do. They have the culture that hasn't been disrupted by a new coach or firing as of yeah. recent. Philly and Milwaukee, you have both of those. We don't know what Boston is. Boston has lost significant pieces in this offseason. So the only team that hasn't lost significant pieces, because don't call them significant now, all, all postseason I was out here fighting for my life. All postseason about how you, these no, players are not talented Joy, enough to Joy, win. I can't let you do this. Because you are misrepresenting how we talked about the Miami Heat. All right, Shady, you'll have to back me up because I, I was. Shane Line. I was. Shane Line. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We compared, all said. Compared to the Denver Nuggets. <laughs> no, don't do that, Slick. Don't do that. I, I, you know I was on that Miami don't Heat bandwagon. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that to me. She's not wrong. Don't do it. Because even in all the series, from, from Milwaukee all the way to the only one the, y'all gave you was the Knicks. Uh, y'all were cool no, in the, the Knicks. The Celtics. Mm-hmm. I kept saying how well they still got a chance because their t- their players are so much better. We all said Correct. that. She was the only one that was saying that. Well, they got culture. But she's now you now you kind of changing that a little bit now. Now you saying. Right. The, the players that was just the role players, ah, we, we need Dame now. We need the talent now. Well, we're talking about winning a championship. Dame wants to win a championship. The Heat were the only uh-huh, team in the uh-huh. Eastern Conference last year in a position to win a championship because every year there's only one. That's a team that wins the Eastern Conference mm-hmm. and then goes to the finals. All I'm saying is just like that's the structure of the sport. That's what happened, right? Right? So we got to the finals and they didn't have enough talent. Now you're telling me adding Dame and getting rid of those players that you said time and time again weren't talented enough she is not right the right now. situation. She's cooking you. <laughs> me? <laughs> Wait a second. You caught a couple strays here too, my friend. No, no, no I don't. I stand on my own. I, no. So I'm slick on the grill? He getting cooked. Fourth of July. Fourth of July on you. 
Was I was I not? <laughs> Stop. Was, yeah. Was yeah, I right. not on the Miami Heat so band? Yeah, but you jumped though, like. I did jump. I did um, jump because we got to a point where. Where, the I, where you said they weren't talented the enough. The talent difference. Well, it's that's true. I can't Sadie, change that. Who do you think is the best fit for Dame Lillard? I think the Miami will be a good place. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you, you pandero, you. Oh, my goodness. But the greatest place for him is in Philadelphia. Come on. Listen. Why? First of all, you're going to be playing with the MVP, Joel Embiid, right? I think we get rid of Harden, and you bring in Dame Lillard, who's always involved. He, he, he's, he's, he's crafty. Yep. He's always working on his craft. He's a great team player. He wants to win. When a player wants to win, they do things that the ordinary players won't do. I think we, Dame has showed that. Playing with Portland and them guys, you, you get Dame here, you get Tobias Harris. Now we utilize him more. I think that he gets so much criticism because he's not the player that they, we want to see for the value of money he's getting paid. But when you have a guy that you put him in an offense, right, mm. and you swing the ball around and let him do his thing, then I think that we will see the Tobias Harris we paid that money for. Yeah. Right? I just think that we have a, a good culture. We have a good coach. You talked about Nurse. Yeah. Right? Nick Nurse no, I, is, a, I like Nick is a hell of a coach. Yeah. And he won a championship. He knows what oh, it's like to win. No, it's a good culture. You were questioning whether it was I'm a saying, good culture. Like we, bring a good a, coach. we bring in a, a championship coach yeah. in Philadelphia. I, okay. I, you know what's gotcha. fascinating, Slick? Like, I don't necessarily agree with the reason you got there, but I will say... To me, Milwaukee is the best fit. And that the reason hurts me. <laughs> wait, wait, I apologize. You said Milwaukee's the best fit? Milwaukee's the best fit. But the reason is if Dame truly wants to win, I would go to a team that I know can win without me. Like, that's where I would want to go. I would want to go to a team that I know can win without me so that I can be the icing on the cake. I will debate this likely as long as I am ever in sports television. But the greatest thing about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors is Kevin Durant knew that this Warriors squad had won a chip in 2015 Mm -hmm. and was up 3-1 to in 2016. Mm. So though I will make them maybe the greatest team that's ever touched a basketball court, they are capable of winning without me because they did it in 2015 and they were one game away from doing it in 2016. When I think about Dame going to Miami. Miami's great at getting close. They went in 2020. They went again this past season. They haven't, they haven't won since LeBron James was there. Obviously, a lot of teams, wherever LeBron goes, you will win a championship. The only reason I would say Milwaukee over Miami isn't even necessarily because of the known variables, but the most known variable that is of importance to me is, can they win without me? Because if I go there and I know they can win without me, then all I got to do is go be along for the ride. I can drive if I need to, but worst case scenario, I'm just icing on an already uh, pre-made cake, is, and I can just be a variable. Can they win without him? Because, because that's the same team that won that championship. It's not the same coach. Not is the same Chris coach. Is Chris Middleton the same? P.J. Tucker's not there. No, but I think the nucleus... What would they have to give up in order to get there? That, that's and, a great and, question. And, and, and Drew Holiday, is he, is he going to play the two? Is he going to play the... What's he going to play? I think Dame is more predicated of playing the two, assuming that Drew is still there and I, not being I, given I, up I, in that I, trade. This is why I'll push more to the, to, to the Sixers, because I looked at you, you bringing them all the old series, right? Yep. So we go to last year, we lost to the Celtics. Yes, sir. Well, game seven, right? Yep. Where Embiid struggled to score and Harden just... Disappeared. He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he, didn't, he just didn't want to play. Dame is one of the most efficient players we've seen on offense. Absolutely. Offenses. He has no issues with scoring. You put him... And, and Joel and beating a pick and roll, who's going to stop that? Here's my only question oh my with the Sixers. And obviously, I, I, I love the Sixers because I played in Philly, but my question is to some degree what Joy brought up. Philly does not know how to win. 
Whether it is Embiid, whether it is uh, the, the, the coaches, coaches plural, along with general managers plural, that have preceded who is currently in Philadelphia, they don't know how to win. So you are adding Dame Lillard, who too has not yet won, to an organization that doesn't know how to win, and you are expecting to somehow hope that these two who don't know how to win can now figure well, out which how to win. Which? You mean championship? A championship. Okay, so man, you, you put pieces together. We've seen it happen all the time, right? With, with the Heat. I mean, LeBron kept going there, couldn't win. Bosch wasn't winning that. Remember, D Wade had already won. Yeah, he was. You know what I'm saying? You, you're right about that, but he was number two. Fair. Right? He was, okay, so if you if you bring in some of the, the, the top guys, I think you literally bring him to Philadelphia. I mean, B would be the top guy. He's the MVP, but it will be close. Dame is just as close as him. So my thing is, you put them together, they can win together. We've seen it happen over and over again. I don't I think, think why this would be any are closer to being a, a realistic place for him than Milwaukee. Because I don't think that Milwaukee team is the same team that won, they don't have the same coach. And what would you have to give up? Like, we, we kind of have an idea of what Miami would have to give up in order right. to get Dame. And it would make sense because of what Dame brings in. Mm-hmm. And you're keeping the core of Jimmy Butler and Bam in this scenario. Yeah. Good move. I don't know what Drew Holiday, P.J. Tucker, and a healthy Chris Middleton played a massive role outside of Giannis. We all know Giannis is incredible, obviously, but played a massive role in that championship run. Mm. That, will they be there? Will they be healthy? I have questions about the Sixers because they haven't gone over it, but I like the Nick Nurse hiring. Again, that all has to get adjusted through. I just think when you look at the places that have been, and I'm not even going to mention Brooklyn because, like, what, what's the point? Well, like, yeah, yeah this, Brooklyn is not a, a realistic right, place right. if the purpose is to go somewhere to try and win a championship. So, to me, the rankings would go the Heat and then a, a significant drop-off, but then I would do the Sixers and then Milwaukee. Boston so, doesn't I mean, make sense Milwaukee, to me either. Boston has had too much turnover I mean, this offseason to bring Damon. And I hate to argue for Milwaukee, but, I mean, when you got Giannis, like you don't need all them other pieces. I think you keep Drew Holiday. I mean, you make a move, Chris Middleton. This, yeah. I, I mean, think Middleton would end up moving. It's more it. difficult. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, yeah. Giannis, like, you still got a shot. I mean. The heart of it for me is, is that Chris Middleton is not uh, reliable as their go-to guy. I agree. And Damian Lillard would be. And, and Drew Holiday is a good enough defender that he can defend either position at, uh, at guard. Yeah. yeah. So he can, he can defend twos. And not to open this can of worms again, but this is my issue when we Opening talk about who's he going. I got to go to break. Open the can yeah. and then you close the yeah. can. Max Struess is gone. Two. Gabe Vincent is gone. Kyle Lowry and Duncan Robinson and Kyle Lowry presumably would be gone in a trade for, for Damian Lillard. So you're saying Zero, yeah. we're going to get Damian Lillard and he has to replace five, possibly six players in what he contributes. It's mm. not just adding Damian Lillard to the Miami Heat team that went to the finals last year. And individually, yes, they weren't all that talented. But collectively, they were special. If you combine and, all what they averaged, what would, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. I'll get back to you. We yeah. got to a break. Let's do the math. <laughs> Let's do the math Wait, are you thinking it'll be more than what Dame averaged? I, I think, think it'll, it'll be, be more, yes. yeah. I, be I will. I think it'll be more. It will. Couple no. nines, couple tens. <laughs> Your boy Gabe Vincent averaged nearly 20. And then That's what do you do? Postseason? That's and then what do you do in the final? I got to go to break. Coming up, we just getting started on this show, family. We have to return with a conversation about Dak Prescott because reports are saying that the Cowboys window may have closed for Dak Prescott. Remember, no more guaranteed money on his deal after this coming season. Check us out every day on the Fox Sports Channel on Sirius XM. Don't go anywhere. Grab your water. Grab your whatever y'all drinking. Come on back. Cool. Subject we might agree on. 
Hey, college football fans, Joel Klatt here, and I am so happy to announce my new interview series, The Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations. Every Monday, we will bring you a candid conversation with the most influential voices in college football. From Colorado's Coach Prime to Coach Saban down in Tuscaloosa, we sit down and discuss all things college football. Download the Joel Klatt Show Big Noon Conversations wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to the new Joel Klatt Show YouTube channel. Welcome back, family. Now let's get to the NFL. Dak Prescott, he's been a star face of the league for a while now, but he's coming off a season where he threw a career-high 15 interceptions. Keep in mind, he didn't start every game because he got hurt. Head coach Mike McCarthy, he took over as the offensive play caller. Cowboys made some huge additions to the roster. Offensively, Brandon Cooks was added. Brandon Cooks at wide receiver, six 1,000-yard receiving seasons with, I believe, four different quarterbacks. It's pretty unheralded and unheard of. Well, reports say that Dak Prescott's time is ticking for the Cowboys. That was in a recent article, which got me thinking, what in the world do we need to see from Dak Prescott this season? For me, it is simple. I don't need to see a number one offense. We've already seen that. I don't need to see an MVP vote. We have already seen that. I don't need to see the Cowboys make the playoffs. We've already seen that. I don't need to see Dak Prescott win a playoff game. Truth be told, already seen that. I don't need to see Dak Prescott own the one seed. Already have seen that. What I want to see from Dak this season, and this is it, don't be the reason your team loses the playoff game. Mm -hmm. I don't even care if you do lose the playoff game. Just don't be the reason your team loses it. Mm. Think about Josh Allen 2021 versus the Cincinnati Bengals, excuse me, versus the Kansas City Chiefs. They do end up losing in overtime, but Josh wasn't the reason they lost. Josh Allen's performance and his play, it was above reproach. You can look at the Bills losing, and you can blame everybody except for Josh Allen. I don't care if the Cowboys win a Super Bowl this year. That's hard to do. 31 teams will leave this season disappointed. All I want to see from Dak, don't be the reason your team loses. But Joy, what do you need to see from Dak Prescott this season? A miracle. If I said, what do you need to see from Kirk Cousins this year, would you be like, nah, we're not doing that today? (laughs) Joy, come on. I know it's 4th of July, but like we got other stuff to talk about. Dak Prescott is not that talented. We've seen that. He's good enough to get the team to the playoffs. Kirk does that. He's good enough to win a playoff game. Kirk does that. He's good enough to have a high-flying offense, good regular season record, win a division. And all those things are, are inherently good things. They make you a franchise quarterback. You will get paid doing that. You will get endorsements doing that. You will be the face of a franchise doing that. But we don't have to talk about you as if you are a Super Bowl contender doing that. Clarify something for me and for the viewers, because some Cowboys fan at home is going to clip off this quote. Dak Prescott is not that talented. When you say that talented, what are you saying? To get to an NFC championship game. Forget talking about a Super Bowl. Get to an NFC championship game. Dak has been the reason why they have lost multiple years against the same team. So I think Dak is a a great face of an organization. I think he does a tremendous job being the face of the Dallas Cowboys, which I think is actually a very difficult thing to do outside of just what you have to do between the lines. Hmm. I think he's talented enough to win regular season games, to win the division, to put up big numbers, to get to the playoffs, to win a playoff game. He's done all those things. But we talk about this team like they should be Super Bowl contenders. Why? Do we talk about the Vikings like they're Super Bowl contenders? No, we don't. We don't, because they get to the postseason and they disappoint. And why do they get to disappoint in the postseason? Hmm. I bet Slick has the answer. 
<laughs> I feel like I'm listening to a eulogy. This is you. There you for go. Dak Prescott. Um, I am not going to completely close the door on wow. his capability. I should have back this to Shady. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shady's going to get there anyway. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll get back to it. Um, I agree with you. He, he needs to remind me, in a macro sense, he needs to remind me more of Matt Stafford than Kirk Cousins. And I say Matt Stafford because they're getting paid the same amount, as is Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Those three are on par. Dak Prescott should be better. I should feel as if he's better than Daniel Jones. And no, I think he is better than Daniel Jones. I, I, would, I would hope so. But the fact that I don't know that definitively at this point is part of the problem. And, and, but in a micro, on a micro sense, simply do this. Don't turn the ball over. 15 interceptions last year, mm. 14 fumbles. He dropped the ball 14 mm. times the year before. Both of those were league-leading numbers. And that goes to what Emmy was saying about just don't lose the game for me because I believe that has been a big element to why the he and the Cowboys have underachieved because simply ball security. Just don't make those mistakes that put the rest of the team in a difficult position. Shady, you got me nervous because I, I hear notes flipping. I hear these notes flipping. I just, I just think that with, with that Prescott, uh, the question is what, what do we need to see from him this what year? You need, what you need to see. Well, obviously, the obvious is like less picks. All right. But being serious, I, I think we need to see him be being the factor that, that wins the big games and the big moments. Every time we watch the Cowboys, when they're in a big game, a big moment, especially in the playoffs, he's the weak link. He's always losing the game for them, right? 2021 uh, against the Niners at home, right? He put, they put up, what, 17 points? Mm-hmm. He had 200 yards. He had a pick. That was a big reason why they lost the game. Then you look back at this year when they had the Niners on the road. They put up 13 points, 12 points, something like that. He had two picks, 200 yards. He threw a pick in the, the Cowboys' red zone. He threw a pick in the 49ers' red zone. And they lost the game. Every time I see a big moment where the Cowboys are in the playoffs, he's the reason why they are losing. So for me, I got to see him go out there and actually win these games. The same way how you, you went out and you spanked up on a bad, bad, you know, Tampa Bay team. Yeah. I want to see the same thing against a good team. Mm. And get to a conference game like Joey talked about. So I don't want to, you know, kill Dak too much. I mean, the obvious is the obvious. You know, everybody's eyeballs works and they see the type of games he plays in the big moments. We need to see something different. That's all with me. But don't, it, go ahead. The interceptions last year were obviously a massive problem and a big part of it. But he doesn't actually traditionally turn the ball over that much. Last year was kind of a. An I, I, I got to go lately. I don't know about. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah. And, you're, and you're right. Lately. Yeah, I don't like, know about last year was years. a disaster, yeah, but yeah, he, doesn't, yeah. he doesn't turn the ball over that much normally. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about what we need to see from Dak, like we've seen Dak be efficient and not turn the ball over that much. We've seen Dak with an incredible run game. We've seen Dak with one of the top defenses in the league. We've seen Dak with an all pro receiver. What. We've seen Dak with a high-level offensive coordinator, an offensive-minded coach. Like, all of these things should line up to he doesn't actually have to be the best player on the field. I don't think Matthew Stafford was necessarily the best player on the field in that Super Bowl yep. that he won. He certainly wasn't the best player on the field for most of the season. He had all kinds of turnover issues. Don't lose the game. Don't be the reason that they lose. And, and time and time again, particularly in the postseason, he's been that. So for me, I'm like, I don't, I don't need to kill Dak. I don't, I've moved past having the expectations of Dak that are unrealistic. 
I think he's a good player. What's fascinating for me, though, I do think, and I dare I say we've been kind of harsh on Dak Prescott only because I would say that he is unequivocally better than Daniel Jones. I would say that well, as he, as he is. Correct. Like, yeah, I would understood. say that. But really for me, and, and Shady, let me know if you co-sign on this one, Dak needs to be the best quarterback on the field more often than not. If you think about his six playoff games, he's only been the unequivocal best quarterback on the field by his play in 2018 when they beat the Rams versus Jared Goff and when they beat the Bucks this past season because he outplayed Tom Brady significantly and substantially. But outside of that, there hasn't been a time in the playoffs where you can say Dak is outplaying that opposing quarterback. And to me, you have to outplay the opposing player on, your, the, opposing player on the other team especially if you're a quarterback. So I need to see Dak not only don't be the reason your team loses, but, like, you got to be better than Brock Purdy. You got to go out there and you got to be better than Matthew Stafford. You got to be better than these guys that you're playing against. And truth be told, in the NFC at quarterback this year, there is no quarterback that should be better than Dak outside of Jalen Hurts. And if you were a Dak Prescott fan, you should say even Jalen Hurts shouldn't be better. So... I thought we were at a place now where we were saying, just don't lose the game. And that to me sounds like I have to win it or that Dak has to win it because we're saying he has to be better than the other quarterback. To me, it's just don't make those backbreaking decisions or plays that end up losing you the game, putting you at a disadvantage. So this is the question I have for you guys is, do you think that, Dak can be. Do you think he's talented enough to be sort of the Matthew Stafford high wire act where I'm going to be a gunslinger. I'm, I'm going to make big plays, but I'm also going to make some plays that we've got to recover from. Or is he more of a game manager where if he just minimizes the mistakes that he can do enough to get you there? For me, it's simple. Dak Prescott's no longer a caterpillar. He's a butterfly. And that's the dilemma. His rookie year, he's a caterpillar. Hey, don't do nothing. 23 touchdowns, I believe it was four interceptions. I think he may have also had six rushing touchdowns. Again, not looking at my notes, this is just what off memory. Correct me if I'm wrong off camera. But after that, after his rookie season, by 2018, then it was like, hey, Dak, you got to go light it up. A tree cannot go back into a seed. Once his mindset has flipped into go light it up mindset, mm. that's all you've seen from Dak. Yeah. That's why I co-signed what Shady said. I don't want to hear about the fact that Dak don't usually turn the ball over. Yeah, his rookie year he didn't. Maybe his third year I think he hasn't. But Dak Prescott has had multiple double-digit interception right. seasons. Because now Dak Prescott flies. He's not a caterpillar yeah. anymore. You can't tell a full-grown German Shepherd go back into being a pup. Got you. And he a full-grown German Shepherd now. He gunslinging. 4,900 yards passing. You can't ask him to go back and be safe. Remember when Dez Bryant was first in Dallas when Dak Prescott was there in 2016? You probably remember this. Dez was mad because mm -hmm. Romo would just throw it up. Mm -hmm. When Romo was a quarterback, Romo would just throw it up. But Dak showed up, and Dez was like, come on, bro, just throw it up. Right. If I'm covered, I'm not covered. Yep. That Dak ain't this Dak. Yep. This Dak just throws that thing in the traffic. He throws it wherever <laughs> because now he is fully developed into that gunslinger quarterback. But this goes against what, uh, to me, against Mike McCarthy taking over, the, over the, the play calling. Because what were we led to believe in Mike taking it over, which run is we're going to run the ball more, we're going to be a little more conservative, right? So it sounds like Mike's idea is to kind of pull the reins back 
and not have Dackey, and that's the that's the direction. Ran, I feel like they, well, every time they got in trouble, they ran the ball. Thank you. So I, when he said Thank that, I, I didn't really understand. Yeah, I felt like they, they ran the ball, ball really I, well like, last year. I won't call Mike McCarthy a liar, but no. that statement was lying. But it mm. sounds it always sounds good when whenever a coach comes out and says we're going to run the ball. Correct. Until you look at the statistics and you're like, they be oh, running you gotta, the ball. You gotta throw it sometimes. They be like the Cowboys do run, run the, the ball. ball. Like what yeah. we talk. Like McCarthy said that because you need a reason to fire Kellen Moore. Yeah. And after losing, and Dak Prescott, like Shady has already mentioned brilliantly, threw two picks, and he almost threw another pick to Greenlaw coming out of his own end zone because he tried to throw a stick out to Dalton Schultz, and Greenlaw jumped it. Jumped At it. the point in which that happens, Mike McCarthy needs a reason to fire Kellen Moore. Well, what's the reason? Uh, we didn't run. Yeah, yeah, we'll say we didn't run the ball. Yeah. Tony Pollard was running. Yeah. Zeke was running. Yeah. So don't tell me you don't run the ball. And on top of that, so you bring in Brandon Cooks, who's a 1,000 yard receiver, right? Yeah. You already have an all pro and CD Lamb. Yep, draft a tight end in the second round. Yeah. So, like, you do all that to run the ball? Yeah. And, and your quarterback, right, is one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. So, you don't pay a guy that much money to, to just hand the ball off. Correct. Okay, so, but Correct. here's the question. Sense. Correct. Can, with all those, with all those toys now, with all that, that talent, are you confident that Dak can utilize those pieces? That it was, there wasn't enough talent there? During the regular season, sure. I'm not, I'm not big on Dak. I think people love Dak. I think he's a good person. I think they love about him. But when I watch him play, I don't see tons of talent. I think if you have a safe offense, you can run the ball a lot, big lineman, a couple of receivers here and there, he'd be a good fit for him. If you take the ball out of his hands. Yeah. But then again, it's like, well, if you have a quarterback that's making so much money, you should just get a rookie to do that. True. Right? The, the reason I have more confidence now than ever in the Cowboys isn't as much about the Cowboys. It's more about everybody else. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers, you all already know, he's not going to win a Super Bowl, but he's going to be in the playoffs, and you're going to have to go through him. Cowboys, unfortunately, cannot. We've seen that, I think it was in 2014. We've seen it in 2016. Aaron Rodgers is now gone. Cowboys, you got to go through Jimmy Garoppolo. you got to go through a 49ers quarterback. 49ers don't have a quarterback. So thankfully, you would think they're out the way. So now who do you have to go through? Tom Brady's out the way. It's the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Like, who do you have to you go see through? see twice a year. Exactly. So you're going to see him for the third time. You got to go through Derek Carr and the Saints. Got to go through Bryce Young and the Panthers. You got to go through maybe Geno Smith. Give him some credit. But truth be told, I give him credit. Maybe Detroit. But you're not fair. But right. the Cowboys haven't been to an NFC Championship game in, what, 27 years? Hmm. Am I shorting them a year? Might be 28. I lost count. A long time. Almost as long as I've been alive. And Dak wasn't playing for all those years. Mm-hmm. I know you don't like to subscribe to my Cowboys conspiracy theory, but this team is always talented. They always have a lot of talent. We can go year by year by year, go back decades. They always have talent. It's the Cowboys. What you saying? It's, it's more of the Cowboys than a, a Dak thing? I mean, we can, we can go like See, compare I, I rosters I and, and say got, that there's other, there's other teams that have talented rosters just, and are missing pieces, and they don't get where they need to go. I don't play that game. I like to play recent. What's the most recent? Right? Because we can always, I mean, you probably got some truth to this, all them years and all that. That's cool. I think the Cowboys do have a talented team. When I, when I played them, when I was playing them, they wasn't as talented as they are now. Like, right now, they got to be easily top three most talented team in the yeah. league. Defense, defense, defense. Yeah. defense? Yeah. Oh, my God. So, my thing is, look, man, we need to see it. And every time that we look at the Cowboys, when they lose, it's one position every time. Even the, the Hollis was watching. Mm-hmm. Them, them picks that you're showing. They was losing them games. No. Every game they lost is because of Dak. So I didn't see him in a big moment win the games. Don't, or not even win it. Just don't lose it. Yeah, yeah. Just don't yeah. lose it. Incredibly well said. I love this conversation. Well, a conversation I would love just as much coming up from a quarterback who doesn't know how to win to a head coach who won more than anybody else in history. Used to. Bill <clears throat> Belichick. 
is he on the hot seat? There has been a little bit of beef between him and the owner, Robert Kraft. We'll break it all down for you and talk about Belichick and maybe his short-term future in New England. That's next. Mr. Used to. Used to win. Baseball is back, and so is Slipping Bats. Five times a week, Monday through Friday. So follow us on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, and anywhere you get your podcasts. Bill Belichick, he needs no introduction. One of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time. He's put up goat-like numbers as a Patriots head coach. But things have been rocky as of late. New England, they've missed the playoffs, too of the last three seasons. And remember, when they went, they lost 47 to 17 in blowout fashion. Well, article states that tension seems to be on the rise between Belichick and the owner, Robert Kraft. I incorrectly stated last year that Bill Belichick would be forced into retirement based upon how he coached last year. Now, I was accurate in my assessment of the Patriots. They made no noise, didn't get to the playoffs, and were a non-factor in the NFC, in the NFL, particularly the AFC. Was correct in that statement. Shady, you have been been very honest. I won't say harsh. You've been very honest about yeah, your assessment honest. of Bill Belichick. Should he be on the hot seat? I'm going to say yes, he should, right? A hot seat, devil seat, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> for a coach like him, because normally any coach, any coach that has the resume he's had in the last couple of years, yep. they will be on the hot seat. But he's done so much great things um, in the past where you can't put him on the hot seat. So I'm going to say yes to any other coach, but to, to Belichick, you can't put him on the hot seat. Just because, like, I mean, he's done so much. It's like, so certain coaches like that has to be a, a, a mutual agreement. All right, I'm going to step down. You know, I, I'm older. I got other things in my life. Craft, okay, cool. And then, you know, they shake hands and that's mm-hmm. it. But to put him on a hot seat, like, got to get rid of him, it, it, it would be crazy to the Patriots. Because his thing is, like, well, look, I did so much for this franchise, like, all these championships. Mm-hmm. It would be a hard argument. Now, for me, right, I mean, I would do it. Because <laughs> I don't see him getting better. Yeah. Like, they used to be playing in championship games. They used to be playing the Super Bowl. They used to be a dominant team. They used to be a dominant franchise. Them days over with. You seen Tom Brady having a great time, 4th of July. Mm-hmm. And he's not coming back no time soon. Looks like he's, he's enjoying his retirement. And if he's not coming back, we know what Bill Belichick is without Tom Brady. And it's not me speaking. It's the stats. He's not stats. even if he's, he's barely touching 500. No so doubt about it. To put him in the hot seat, I would. But I think it's a, it's a hard case, I think, for a guy like Robert Kraft being the owner. Yeah, you can't fire him. You just can't. You can't do it. I think even Shady would be like, I mean, that's rough. Fire Bill Belichick. You know, you know, he's, he's earned the right to be there as long as he wants. From the so, past. So as, but, long, but Tom, as long as he wants, this is, this is where I'm conflicted. I think self-awareness is a very important trait to have as an adult. To know when something is over, when, to know when something has passed to want to leave on your own terms. And particularly in sports, we talk about this a lot. We don't like seeing greats crawl to the ends or go off a cliff. And, but we also respect that you only have a certain amount of time in your life to do these things. You only have a certain amount of time to coach. You only have a certain amount of time to play. So we try to give grace, particularly to greats, which Bill Belichick has won a lot. And particularly with that organization represents a dynasty. So you can't fire him. So my hope would be that Belichick would want to leave on his own terms Mm. if this continues in the direction that we all feel it will slash it's going to. The league has changed and Brady's not walking back in the door. He's chilling. So 
I, I, I can't, you can't fire him. Like, you just can't do it. But, but at what point do you not force it because for his own sake? Like, it's not that it's embarrassing, but when you have been held to a standard of championships, period, for as long as you have, when you're the face of a, you're the, the second face of a dynasty, obviously Tom Brady first, but you're the head coach of a dynasty? I don't, it pains me because I, I, I don't want Bill Belichick to rewrite such a long chapter after Brady that it completely tears down what they did. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I, you can't fire him, but... No great coach typically gets fired. You might be, if you're a historian, say Tom Landry when Jerry Jones first took over the job. But if you think of college football Hall of Fame coaches or NFL Hall of Fame coaches, they will mutually agree part ways. Right. So I don't think Bill Belichick will ever, you, you at home will never read a headline that says Bill Belichick has been fired. Right. I would basically put my job on that. Mm-hmm. But you will eventually read Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick have agreed to, to mutually ways. Part ways. That's what I think should or will happen. Bill Belichick has decided to retire. Correct. Which is all in all, ultimately the same thing. Right. Because Belichick is—he's not just going to stop coaching because he thinks he's sorry. Right. It's just not going to happen. But Robert Kraft might be like, "Hey, big dog, you ain't got to go home. Right. (laughs) But you got to get here. You got to get the heck out of here." Look, this is what I struggle with: is I don't believe that Bill Belichick has to rebuild the Patriots into a multi-championship team in order to protect his his legacy. But it's what Shady said at the very beginning. The problem that I see right now is I don't see them improving. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm not surprised. Like, I I am neither surprised that they have fallen off with Tom Brady leaving, nor do I think that Tom Brady is the only reason that they've fallen off. They lost a lot of talent. A lot of talent went out the door, and talent didn't come back without Brady there. Guys weren't signing there in the, uh, uh, at the same level when they knew that I'm going to play with Tom Brady. Sure, that's yeah. true. just that not is true. the same attraction. That that's, that's, that's part of Tom Brady being Tom Brady. Uh, understood, but it's it, the idea that all the talent was there and Tom Brady left and they should still be good because right, it's of, everything but Tom Brady. one of the best coaches of all time. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm, listen, I'm just being serious though. People, when you say these things, like, well, you know, when they argue if this was Tom or was Belichick or it was both of them, my thing is this. Okay, so Tom leaves. Yeah. Don't talk, talk about the championship. But when we look at the Patriots, I don't see, like, no development. I don't see no growth. Understood. I, I don't see nothing. I don't and, see and none of that. And that's my – no, that's why I believe that he should be on the hot seat because it's not a matter of he needs to be winning right away. Look, is one playoff appearance in the last three years, that's slowly compared to what the Patriots have done traditionally. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe as a Cincinnati Bengals fan, uh, we had a certain coach that we weren't, like, doing a whole lot. We weren't winning any playoff games for a long time. Marvin he Lewis? Was there. Yeah, about? he was oh, there. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. stretch. So it, it's, it's not that. It's where the bar is set and the fact that they're not moving in the right direction. And you hear all this innuendo of what the relationship is with Mac Jones. And then you got, oh, yeah, like, right, right, right. Yeah. you got Matt Patricia, like, running the offense. You're like, what are we What are we? doing here i've never had that feeling about the patriots here, here's my real issue and i i won't be the first to say it because shady really has been on this bandwagon mike, mike vick has obviously said a lot as of late name the coaches that you at home think 
are unequivocally worse than Bill Belichick. Ooh. I was doing that this morning. Going Ooh. into the season. You, 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 you turned like, up the day, not, boy. I'm just, not historically. But like going, grill cook. Going, going into the season, name the coaches, not first-year head coaches. Ooh. They don't count. They're N.A., inapplicable. Right, right, right. Unequivocally worse. I would say Arthur Smith of the Falcons. Okay. I would say Robert Sala of the Jets. I would say Todd Bowles of the Bucks. Uh, Bucks. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, Ron Josh Rivera. McDaniels. I would say Josh McDaniels. And I might say Mike Vrabel, maybe, but Mike Vrabel has won the division. He, yeah, he's won the division. I like Mike. He's won the division. And you could say Matt Eberflus because I didn't see okay, anything okay, really okay, with okay, Justin right, right, okay. Outside of those it's six, it's getting slim pickings now. I can't say that anybody is unequivocally worse. In 2023, America, I'm not talking about 2020 through 2000 through 2020. I am talking about the year that we are currently in. Name the coaches that you would say, nah, give me Bill Belichick over him. Because I'm just not taking that. I'm taking that take from now on. (laughs) We're also not not able to have... comparative nuanced conversations about Belichick because he's won six championships. So the idea that he, like, he doesn't have to win the division right now or he, he can have a few years to rebuild, like, yeah, but that already happens. Mm-hmm. Like, Brady's not been there for going on his fourth year now. It's going on the fourth year. Yeah. yeah. You should be in a good space by now. You should, you should, you should, should be moving be, in the right direction. You should be moving in the right direction. Yeah. You should be more than moving in the right direction. And the reason for that is, whether it's realistic or not, you're Bill Belichick. This is the yeah. New England Patriots, the team that you penned in, who was favored to win the Super Bowl every single year for like two decades. So we can't sit here and say, oh, well, you know, he's – Got to try and improve and get talent. Yeah, we gave you, we gave you that pass yeah. when Brady left years ago. Years ago. Now you last okay. in the right, I, I was a different person yeah. then, okay, when that happened. We were all were. <laughs> so you can't keep saying, like, well, that he's just, he just got to do this or he's got to get more talent. or that. Like, at some point or another, this is going to affect the history and the story of the NFL, the stakes are higher. It just is what it is. This is Bill Belichick. He's got six rings. I'm not going to take away what he's done. Nobody's based on taking what it he's away, Slick. But we now. remember what we saw last. He used we to. We remember what we saw last. He used and, to win championships. And, and Shady, he didn't always coach the Patriots. Ooh. So we had we had Belichick before Brady. Don't want to talk about we that. Had, we had. People forget about that. We don't want to talk like, about that. It's one. like year zero, right? Like AD, AD, right? Like AD, right? When Brady arrives, and we had pre-Brady. So we got evidence of before we got BC and AD, Correct. and here's Brady. Correct. So we have not great evidence, BC, mm. we got AD, and then we got whatever. We, we're, I don't know where we are after Brady leaves, whatever you want to call that. We're not there yet. I guess that's after the, the I, I, like, I like this take. The I like that. Okay. So, like so that. we have yeah. lots of information that we're going to have a hard time compartmentalizing it when it comes to legacies. Like, it's, I, don't, I don't like fair. Nothing's fair. It's just what we do. Well, this, look, this is what I attribute what we're seeing with Bill Belichick is that the game and the league have, have moved on. Yeah. And he has not adjusted because I look at Pete Carroll. Like, mm. that, that's, that's the one that yeah. stands out to yeah. me. Like, Pete Carroll, I kind of put in that same category. Been around forever. Tremendous amount of success. Obviously not to the same level as, as, as Belichick. Nick Saban, college football. Totally adjusted. But with Carroll, like, I feel like the Seahawks are moving in the right direction. I agree like, with that. Right? It, it, it's, it's, I see something happening there. And what I see since Tom left is stagnation oh. and question. But the question and, is. And Andy Reid. 
Andy Reid's he's an old guy too. It's I'm, all it's all shady Andy's to me about he, he young compared to them. Andy getting busy though <laughs> everywhere he goes. Because it's all to me though about can you coach and develop a quarterback? And Bill Belichick has not shown a propensity to do that outside of Tom Brady. Right. And he saw in Tom Brady what no other person did prior to the sixth round. I can't give Belichick that much credit for what he did with and for Tom Brady. I'm going to give that to Tom Brady. Me Tom too. Brady's a man who can stand on his own two feet. But even with Pete Carroll, the reason we have hope in them is because of what he did with Geno Smith. Like, yeah. let's not get it twisted. When it was Geno Smith and Drew Locke, and we were like, yo, they about to start Drew Locke, we wouldn't have any faith in Pete Carroll, if not for what he did with Geno Smith. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid is because whatever quarterback he touches, Donovan McNabb, uh, Kevin Cobb, or Kyle Cobb. Kevin Cobb, Kevin Cobb Mike Vick, Nick Foles, Alex Smith, Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes, whoever he touches whoever. at quarterback yeah. turns into gold. AJ Sean Philly. Payton, whoever he yeah. touches at quarterback turns into gold. But when you think about Bill Belichick, Bledsoe wasn't gold when, uh, when, when, when Tom Brady was taken over. Matt Castle wasn't gold over there. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't gold. Jacoby Brissett wasn't gold. Matt Jones wasn't gold. Cam. So Bill Bell- Cam Newton wasn't gold. Jared Stidham wasn't gold. Brian Hoare wasn't gold. I can do this for a long time now, America. That is really the dilemma for me, Slick. How much of that is, how much of that, is that the game and has, has, has shifted? Toward the importance of the quarterback, but because that, it, it is that. But if as as a coach, it's your responsibility to keep up with your sport. No, no, I like, get that. That's that's why I mentioned Nick Saban because Nick Saban wasn't on that for a long time. He was just whoever's out there playing quarterback, whatever. And then the college game shifted right. to being more heavily in favor of the quarterback, got like the, the pros. Right. And now every year we got Alabama quarterbacks being drafted because right. Saban was like, hold up now. This doesn't this look the same. Nope. And then he changed and shifted. You have to be able to adjust, especially as an all-time great, when your business changes. And he's not. Understood. Understood. But again, I, I just I feel like we're, we're finding a way to sign, like, quietly, incrementally, devalue what Bill Belichick did with the Patriots. I don't know that we're devaluing it. We've put on our glasses. We can see clearly now. Like his, we, you have to be honest. Bill Belichick is an incredible defensive mind, one of the greatest ever. I think he's won Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator. Maybe it was with the Giants under Giants, Parcells, Giants, if I'm not Parcells, mistaken. Yes, yes. So, like, Bill Belichick is a phenomenal defensive mind. Yeah, he cares Taylor, about Taylor, defense. Yeah, Lawrence yeah. Taylor, he had guys, but I will give Belichick that credit. But when I think about the Patriots roster this year, why y'all spend y'all first three draft picks on the defense side of football? When your offense sorry as heck? I love defense. I love Gonzalez, I think, out of Oregon. Oregon. But why, why yeah. y'all spend y'all first three draft picks on defense? I'm with you you. got to make that make sense. Yep. And so Belichick's an incredible defensive mind. I don't want to slight him, but like Shady has said, now we can see who he truly is without Tom Brady. Can't take away what he's done, but we for sure can quantify it going forward. Coming up, it's been a wild offseason in the NBA. My favorite topic of the day, who was the biggest winner of free agency? What team? What player? What coach? What fan base? Who's pocket? books got bigger, whose chances of winning a ring got greater. That is next on Speed. What's up with your family? I'm hoping y'all are enjoying your time off. We in the studio at work for you. And speaking of work, a lot of players found new work with new teams. Top five winners this NBA offseason. We got to get right to it. I'm going to give it to you in ascending order. At number five, it is the Los Angeles Lakers for really one clear reason. The Denver Nuggets got worse, and the Denver Nuggets were the best team in the West. They were the team that was better than the Lakers. So the Lakers, with the addition of Gabe Vincent, plus some other subsidiary additions, I believe that the Lakers are an addition because of the subtraction 
of the Denver Nuggets. At number four, this is a little bit of a surprise, but bear with me. I'm going to go with Jordan Poole. Now you're thinking to yourself, Acho, why the heck is Jordan Poole a winner? Because he already won himself a championship. That's hard to do. But now he's free from the toxicity. I get it, I get it, I get it. He might have been the toxicity wherever you go, there you are. But assume for a second it was Draymond. Jordan Poole, he's free to take as many shots as he wants. He's free to get the buckets that he always wanted to get. And now he doesn't have to deal with the drama from the old heads. And number three, Dylan Brooks. Think about this for a second. Everybody was trying to say, like Shady's off-camera laughter, that Dylan Brooks is a joke. Who is Dylan Brooks? Dylan Brooks is going to be playing in China. They said he better learn Mandarin. They said he better learn Cantonese. Well, now he's learning how to deposit $80 million into the bank. That is what Dylan Brooks just signed for. Dylan Brooks, third biggest winner at number two, Chris Paul. For the entirety of his career, he has longed to get a championship. But in all of sports, what better organization to try to acquire a championship for than the Golden State Warriors? One of the most winning organizations in the history of basketball, particularly in a 10-year period. Chris Paul, huge winner. And at number one, is there another answer besides Bradley Beal? I mean, Bradley Beal has lived his NBA life in purgatory as great as he is. And he's one of only four players to average 30 points in two of the last four seasons. Rewind that and hear that statistic again in your free time. Bradley Beal only has three All-Star games because he's been in NBA purgatory. But now he will be where the lights are bright, playing with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That is my top five. But Slick, Rick Buecher, you are the NBA insider extraordinaire. So after looking at mine, I want to hear what yours is all right well i have no problem with your list but it is dramatically different than my and list. that's why you so were here that's why i'm here let's start out with number five let's go with the uh the los angeles clippers i can't forget that this would just be a time where people didn't want to be with the clippers unless you paid them a ton of money yep. we got russell westbrook coming back on a two-year less than eight million dollar deal Fish. and mason Plumley coming back on one year for five million they may not be champions but they now have players that are willing to take less in order to stay. You got Draymond on here. Draymond Green. So I haven't forgotten. We were talking all year about how, where's Draymond going to get traded to? Or where's Draymond going to have to sign? Or what's going to happen to Draymond? Draymond just tricked $27 million. And said, I'll pass on that. Into. And give me four years and a hundred mil that takes me to, what, age 36, 37? And I get to stay with the Golden State Warriors. Winner, winner. Winner, winner. Los Angeles Lakers, can't forget about them. Look, they got Austin Reeves back on yep. a great contract, 13 mil per year. Resigned Rui Hachimura and then went out and got Gabe Vincent uh, on a decent deal. And Jackson Hayes, shot blocker. So they're going to be better. And most important, they kept the pieces that they wanted to. Number two. Cavaliers, this might be a little surprise to you. I was the, surprised. Those, yes, for those who aren't paying attention, but one of the big issues that the Cleveland Cavaliers had against the New York Knicks in particular and against teams in general is that they did not shoot the three okay. very well. Who's so the biggest issue? And they got Georgian Yang from the Philadelphia 76ers and Max Struess from the Miami Heat. That is going to open up space. They didn't lose anybody, and now that's going to open up space for Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Gonna make a big Who's the biggest winner, Slick? On, Who's man. the biggest winner? Frederick Edmund Van Vliet. Come on down. Now the highest paid undrafted player in NBA history. Tell me that money. Tell Three me that money. Three years, 130 mil. Now, last year is not guaranteed, but he is going to be making the same amount of money this coming season as Anthony Davis. 
If that ain't a winner for Fred, <laughs> I don't know what is. Let's head to the desk. Let's head to the desk. I appreciate that. Slick, Rick, the Buker. Joy, there are a lot of offseason winners so far. Who is your biggest offseason winner in the NBA? Yeah, y'all some wild boys for those lists. I didn't see those until you just went up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you have to go Phoenix. Until, obviously, Dame ends up in Miami, which is, which is about to happen. But uh, temporarily, it's Bradley Beal. Obviously, Phoenix was a team that we thought was capable of making it to the finals last year. They had some depth issues. They brought in a lot of young players. They obviously still kept, kept Aiden at this point. So they have, a, they have a core four, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. Now, they're extremely top-heavy. But that is a move that I think makes them uh, truly a contender. And a whole season with all those guys together is going to be significant. 2-5. I'm going to go with uh, the Warriors. You know, like Steve Kerr said this. He said that there's no way that the Warriors could compete for a championship if Draymond Green is not on the team. Mm. So what do they do? They got Draymond Green. And at a good number. I mean, his last contract was averaging about $24 million with three years with an extension. And this year... It was a four-year deal for 100 million, so it's what 25. So mm-hmm. I like that it, with, with the money we kind of managed that, and mm-hmm. he, he took a good deal for us. But and you add in Chris Paul, right? With the second unit, that was our weakest unit, I think, just from the turnovers, um, the bad and the bad, uh, the bad play, I think, from Poole. You change that, you get Chris Paul, a veteran. A guy like Kaminga will, will you be utilized so much different now, I think, with Chris mm-hmm. Paul. So I like that move for the Warriors. Incredibly well said. Well, we have been watching and will continue to watch the NBA all season as we near the NFL regular season. We haven't seen a team win a Super Bowl in back-to-back years in nearly 20 years. Will the Chiefs do it? Are you taking the Kansas City Chiefs or the field this upcoming season? Fascinating conversation. Don't go anywhere. Grab your, your pork rib, your beef rib, whatever rib. Join us. I'm out eat pork. Brisket. Let's head to the Chiefs. They are the best team in football. They won the Super Bowl this past season. And the big reason why is that reigning MVP Patrick Mahomes, future Hall of Fame head coach as well, Andy Reid. Now, wide receiver Richie James gave his new head coach praise, saying, quote, he's the smartest and greatest head coach you can possibly ask for. I don't know why we needed Richie James to tell us that. Yeah. I was like, Richie, I read that name. I was like, Richie James? Richie James? <laughs> I could have just asked LaShawn McCoy that question, and he would have gave you the exact same answer. Mm. Shady, I want to know your answer to this question. The Kansas City Chiefs or the field this upcoming season? Who you got? It's the Chiefs. It really is. If I could think of any other team in the last five to six years that I could say, okay, who can I see going to the Super Bowl, right? And as much as I want to pick the Philadelphia Eagles, I got to go with the Chiefs, right? Every year we have these guys penciled or circled in to be in a conference game or the Super Bowl. And that's what they've been doing. And I think of like the culture, Joy always talks about culture. And we talked about Belichick earlier today. The Chiefs are the only team where the coach, he's going to adjust to whatever is going on. I remember like having him in Philadelphia at 20 years old and then seeing him my 10th, 11th year when I went to the Chiefs, he was way different. Still the same, but he just changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and, I, and I love a coach like that. So each year they'll have a shot. I mean, Patrick Mahomes gets a lot of that credit and he deserves it. Travis Kelsey as well. But a lot of it is, is Andy Reid and that, and that culture. So... I got to go with them. I mean, besides, they went to the Super Bowl. They, they got rid of Tyreek Hill, then go to the Super Bowl and win it with a number one receiver as Juju. Come on, bro. Andy Reid's the truth. The Chiefs are the truth. Patrick Mahomes the truth. You see the confetti. <laughs> I'm going with the Chiefs, not the field. It's hard. It's hard in a team sport. There's so much that can happen. That's true. That is true. Now, if you're asking me to win the Super Bowl or to get to the Super Bowl, 
and you're asking me on the other side, I would take the Eagles over the field. But I think that's the easier question. Probably <laughs> I'll take the Eagles. Although, I don't know, every once in a while I get surprised. It's just tough. There's so much that can happen throughout the course of the season. Now, the AFC Championship game, yeah, I'm going to take, take the Chiefs to be there. But there's so much that goes into it. It's been so long since there's been a back-to-back Super Bowl champ. Now, if they were to do it, I would not be surprised because it's gone. the AFC has gone through them the last, what, five seasons. So if you want to get to the Super Bowl, it's going to be through the Chiefs. And that's really tremendous. But I think there's just so much that can happen throughout the season, especially in the AFC this year. All of the, of the top quarterback talent is pretty much on the AFC side of the ball. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's just interesting when you think about – This would be the hardest path the Chiefs would have to traverse when you think about the entirety of a season and not just the entirety of a season, but then the playoff picture. First, you got to win your division, but this is probably the hardest the division has ever been. Remember last year we hailed the AFC West as the hardest division and we didn't realize how bad the Broncos were going to be. Well, now because of Sean Payton, a future Hall of Fame head coach, we assume the Broncos will have their life and their team in check. The Chargers, they will get better offensively. They've gotten better, if nothing else, besides acquiring Kellen Moore. They will be better. So you already know AFC West is going to be difficult. Now you look at that entire body of the AFC. The Ravens are going to be better. The Jets are going to be better. Dolphins substantially better. Chargers are going to be better. We just talked about the Broncos are going to be better. Browns are going to be better. So then you look at the entire body of the AFC and the AFC got better. So it's just so hard for me to pick the Chiefs over the field when I know this competition will be greater than the Chiefs have ever faced. Not that the Chiefs can't do it, but this would be the hardest test. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same. It's taking the field, and it's, I'm not mad at uh, Shady taking the Chiefs because if there was any team that I could consider, there, there's no other team in the NFL that I would even debate this or right. say I would take them. Yeah. I could see a case where I could, I could make it for the Chiefs. I'm just going from a historical perspective yeah. and the fact that it's not only that they went last year, but they've gone, what, three out of the last four years. Yep. And I've just seen the, the attrition, the, not even physical attrition, but the mental attrition of making that run year after year. And you come up against a hungrier team, which the AFC is loaded with at this point. And we have not seen, we're talking, this is, is it the Chiefs or the field in terms of winning the Super Bowl? Of course. It hasn't been since 2004 that we've seen that. We've only seen it eight times in the history of the NFL. So... Mm-hmm. Simply not going on emotion, but historically, the odds would say that the Chiefs are not going to get it done. What's fascinating, though, 2-5, is usually, and I get it, we always talk about, well, a team's going to be hungrier than the previous team that just won. They're going to be full. They're going to rest on their laurels. I don't know, one, that the Chiefs' appetite ever gets satiated. I don't know if that to be the case. But two, I don't know if a team's hunger can overcome Patrick Mahomes' ability. That would probably be the the tension for me is like, as hungry as Lamar Jackson better be in Baltimore, as hungry as Aaron Rodgers better be, as hungry as Deshaun Watson better be, as hungry as Josh Allen better be. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, but I can't even say how hungry he should be. He was just in the Super Bowl. But let's assume Joe Burrow should be hungry as well. I don't know if that matters because Mahomes and them, when they won and Shady was there, I think it was Chris Jones. I may have been Frank Clark was like, yo, we want six. We want seven. It was to some degree facetious. But why why are you so confident? You know what? Another thing is Andy Reid, I feel like when I was with him, every year, no matter how good I played, he always made me better. So when I talk about Patrick Mahomes, the reason why Patrick Mahomes won't just be satisfied with just being great, because he's already great. Of course. 
Andy Reid's on coaching so much that he's going to get better and better and better. Like, being good is not good enough for Andy Reid. And I feel like when I got to other teams, I don't want to say anything about coaches, but on other teams, they didn't coach me like they should have. It's like, oh, Shady McCoy, do your thing. We know how good you are. Nah. They weren't trying to push you Coach me level. up, yeah. So, when Andy Reid, he's always going to challenge some dudes. Travis Kelsey is his... He's put a great resume together, right? I think he's going to go down as the best tight end to ever play the game. And he's going to always coach him up to be better and be better and challenge him. So when you talk about being hungry, the equation is, well, you got the hungry guys that's hungry, mm -hmm. right? But then you got the, the best quarterback that's hungry, just like they're hungry, and he has the best coach in the game. That's why I put them on another level as far as any other team. Right, including my boys, the the, the Cowboys. I mean, oh, oh my boys, the Eagles. Whoa, no, I get it. No, no, it was the boys. Whoa, you know what yeah, I mean? I yeah, got yeah, you. Oh, you, you might got to read. Anyway, it. hey, <laughs> it's what the, the my boys, the Eagles. Eagles. That's <laughs> I want to put them. It's just that the the Chiefs are such a great franchise and great coaching and great players. Are you they okay? Have all of that. I don't know. Right? I don't, well, oh, no. it's, it's a holiday, you know. <laughs> that no, that's a slow that bad. I don't doubt that they're going to come back hungry and want to win more. I just look at it as a really long season and a lot could happen. Because yeah, yeah, despite the yeah. fact that Patrick Mahomes is as talented as he is, in the Super Bowl that they lost, it didn't come down to Patrick Mahomes not being talented. The offensive line was banged up. There but was the like question, nothing though, he could do about it. It's like, what would, because I, I agree, anything can happen. I just don't want to use that to undermine the point of, it would take so much in not really. theory. There's a couple injuries to the offensive line. Pretty much everyone else was healthy, and that was that was a crucial part to why they couldn't. But win the you Super were Bowl. still in the Super Bowl. To Wait, the are point we asking like, like make it to the Super Bowl? Or are we talking about winning the Super Bowl? I'm talking make about Super winning Bowl. a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying like I'm just gonna go get there because it's hard to get there. Anything happened in the Super Bowl? Because I'm like they lost Tyreek Hill. Then offensively, the running back who you thought you could depend on in Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets benched for a rookie seventh round pick out of Rutgers. Then you acquire Kadarius Tony in the middle of the season, and you still and go you to the got Super rid Bowl. of um, um, Ty Matthew. Matthews, yeah. Get rid and, of and, and I was there. He was the leader of the leader. defense, and you still win. So I'm right, like, but we've also seen them be mostly healthy with all those guys and lose. So I don't like arguing against the Chiefs. I'm just saying if the question is the field or the Chiefs, like the reason that we hail teams that won back-to-back -back Super Bowls the way that we do is because it's hard enough to win a Super Bowl, yeah. but to go back and win again, like things so have if, to break if, your so way. So if they went back-to-back, just to go, just to go, not win, just to go. Would you be surprised, though? No, not at all. That's my thing. Not at all. I, not at all. I, would, I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. But the question is, they would I be with, surprised if the Chiefs Juju, would go back? Juju, You're asking me to one. pick. When they lost Tyreek Hill, this from playing with him, Andy Reid, his biggest thing is he needs a speed guy. All the teams he played with, you got a burner somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Right? They didn't have that. Because even um, 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 the, jet, the Jet, the Jet, um, Michael Hartman. Michael Hartman. I just talked to him this week. I'm tripping. Michael Hartman, he was playing, but he was hurt up and down, right? And they didn't have him doing a lot of the, the, the deep um, routes because he was banged up. Yeah. So I'm like, how are they going to get this thing going? And then Juju's your number one receiver? And you still won. And you still win the championship. Like, that part to me, when they lost Tyreek Hill, I thought they would be good. I said, there's no way they're going to go to the Super Bowl with, with the roster. And then the number two receiver, right? He was a, yeah, he was a, he was a third string for the, for, the for the Packers. They were trying to throw him away. Yep. Yep. And then he comes to the Chiefs and they win a championship? You, I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it is crazy. Now, they might go back. Well, my boy's going to be back there, too.
Like, that's the verification. Okay, when we return, we got to talk about the most interesting topic in sports. That is a conversation of Dame Lillard. Where will he land? Will the Portland Trailblazers actually give him what he wants and send him to Miami? Or should they do what the heck is best for them? That's next when we return. Speak. He wants to be traded. We get that. We've heard that. He's played an illustrious 11 seasons in Portland. But according to reports, it sounds like the seven-time All-Star knows exactly where he wants to go. That's Miami. It's not just his preference. It's really his requirement for Dame time to take place in South Beach. Now the question, though, it's very simple. Slick, should the Blazers, should they actually adhere to Dame's mandate, if you will, of going to Miami? Because I don't think that they should. I think that the Blazers have done their job. I think it has been an equal exchange of services. Dame has played 11 years. He has won four playoff series. In exchange, he has gotten $450 million worth of contracts from the Blazers. That's a fair trade to me. When you sign on the dotted line, you don't sign that you will bring them a championship. You don't sign that they will bring you a championship. Mm -hmm. You sign rendering your services, and they sign rendering you money period no more no less it's been fair thus far so if dame wants to break not break if dame wants to ask for a amend uh, addendum to the contractual agreement yes they shouldn't have to send him to miami send them wherever seems fit for them no they would they don't have to but it would be in their best interests if they did be and and they shouldn't fight it they should embrace it because it's where things are going to go anyway. This is how it always works. Star players get where they want to go because no one wants a star player that doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that Damian Lillard would go to the point where he would say, I'm not going to play, but we've seen other players do that. Uh, James Harden did it in so many ways in Houston to get out of there. Ben Simmons did it in yeah, Philadelphia. That's true. It's done, right? And so... Don't put yourself in that position. I think it would be better for them if they actually said, yes, we want to send Damien to Miami. Now, Damien has been great for us, and he's of great value, and we need to get some pieces back, but we want to see that happen so that then it puts the pressure on the Miami That's Heat that is smart, to man. make a deal to satisfy the Portland Trailblazers because the Portland Trailblazers are at least giving you the impression, no, we want to see this happen. Just make it possible that we can. I mean, I think you have to do it. There's so many reasons why you have to do it. We've seen it time and time again, for one. Dame is beloved, for two. You're Portland, and you, you're going to need to get some free agents at one point or another in your existence, and agents are petty individuals. They are. Players remember how you did someone do. with the value of Damian Lillard. That stuff doesn't just go away. It is important. It's a small league. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody shares information. So to play tough with Dame, particularly when he has been so vocally loyal to you after all, all this time, it, it, it's going to look crazy. And again, I'm, I fundamentally don't understand greed. I think, it's, I think it's very weird practice, mostly because it almost always backfires. Hmm. And in this situation, I just don't see, I don't see the value in, in playing tough with Dame. Where you stand on a 2-5? You think Trailblazers should send him to Miami or do what they yeah, want to nah. do? You said a good point. If you put that pressure on him, okay, so Dame asks for a trade. Cool. And if the Portland says, you know what, we love Dame so much, but we want to respect his wishes, and we're going to send him to Miami. Now the pressure is now, 
we can ask for more things than we was going to ask for before because the deal was done. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay and, uh, and uh, the Jets, yep. mm-hmm. right? Once the deal is kind of done for the perception around the world, mm-hmm. now we can ask for things because now we got to get the deal done and sign it. It's done verbally. Let's sign it up. So now when we ask for more draft picks or more players, you got to give me that. You got to give us it because not only do your fans, your fans want it in, in Miami, yep. but also the organization. Okay, man, they're doing Dame a good service by letting him go. So I like that point you made. Here's my biggest issue, though. If the Blazers couldn't build themselves a champion, mm-hmm. why in the world would they build one for Miami? Like, you couldn't build yourself a championship team, and you want me to go build one down in South why, Beach? I mean, why stop? Because it didn't work one time, why not? Why stop? Why stop? No, I'm saying... Let's, let's do it again. I'm saying the Blazers can't do it for themselves. Well, no, what I'm saying is for the Blazers, they, they must have failed with Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Let's run it back. Now we got a new point guard with, with Scoot uh, Henderson, Henderson, right? And let's add on the different pieces. They just signed Grant. Let's try to do it again. Why well, stop? Because you missed the first time. I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is a, is a great example of that. Aaron said, I want to go to the Jets. Packers could have said no. And it took some time. And what would have happened it to the Packers? Some time. Yep. We would have dragged them. Yep. Mm-hmm. It would have been very, very bad for the Packers. And the Packers didn't put together a championship team for the past five years around Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think, I don't know that we would have, I don't know if we would have collectively shamed the Packers for not letting Aaron Rodgers go. And the reason being, it is very similar, actually, in the sense that Aaron Rodgers demanded a new contract. He had contract stipulations. He said all these things in Green Bay. And then after all that, he was like, okay, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. that's, the, but that's yeah. just the world of sports now. Like, that's, play, yeah, that, players have the power. And at the end of the day, the fans like the organizations, but the, all the other fans around yeah. the league like the player. Like, Blazers fans are going to be loyal to the Blazers. Everyone else cares about what happens to Dame and being able to see Dame play in a place where he's competitive. The same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know Aaron Rodgers isn't, isn't going to be good there. He wants out. Everyone's going to side with Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly what happens. You, you, once a play, player of that magnitude asks out, you're sort of obligated to do it. You don't have to do it, but what's the value of having someone there that doesn't want to play there? Mm. The, the, they've already broken it with the fans. The fans don't want him there, so you force their hand. It is interesting. I mean, Dame is going to have to do probably a little bit more than just asking because to everybody's point thus far, it's not just that easy. Usually you got to kick a little bit. You got to throw a little bit of a fit. Ask James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Ask anybody. They'll tell you. All right, coming up, we got to take care of some family business. You do not want to miss it. Next on Speak. Two five. I mean, what's on the menu, bro? Like, what's on the menu? Hmm. What am I bringing? What's on? Yeah. I'm bringing the homies and some friends. Keep the party alive. Yeah. I'm with you. You're not bringing no food. You're just bringing empty stomach. Hey. I'm bringing a party. You know what I mean? A couple guys, you know, a couple girls, some music, some jams. That's me. I'm bringing an appetite. I have realized that the, the greatest valuable thing I can bring is my appreciation for what you made. <laughs> Joy, you look disgusting. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what? I'm bringing alcohol, which is what I bring to every party. Right. Which is the greatest thing that you can show up to. He don't drink. That's a good point. What if they don't drink? But you cool, my homies. Cool lady friend. Yeah, down. down. A good friend of mine. And you, and you will. You know I mean? And you will appreciate how much I appreciate whatever you serve. And I'm gonna just be sitting there. And I will be water. drinking the alcohol. Watching the host be mad at all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for us. Appreciate y'all tuning in, especially on the day. We'll see y'all tomorrow.